Hello, it's David here. Thank you for listening to The Leader. Please do subscribe, rate and share through your podcast provider. It really helps us grow our audience. And get in touch too on social media. Use the hashtag The Leader Podcast. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Stamp duty cuts and discount meals. Meals eaten at any participating business Monday to Wednesday will be 50% off up to a maximum discount of £10 per head for everyone, including children. Rishi Sunak says it's time to be creative, but will this kickstart the economy? We asked the Evening Standard's Mark Shapland and Prudence Ivy. And so many fashion brands, fast fashion brands, more expensive brands, designer brands even, are guilty of the same kinds of exploitation or worse. Lauren Bravo, the writer of How to Break Up with Fast Fashion, as Boohoo's accused of using suppliers who pay below minimum wage. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, we review the Chancellor's statement. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com AI for people to learn more. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. People need to know that although hardship lies ahead, no one will be left without hope. A bold beginning to the Chancellor's summer economic update, and he followed it with a series of bold announcements. Some had been widely trailed. Furlough we knew would be coming to an end in October. Rishi Sunak confirmed companies will be paid a £1,000 bonus for each worker brought back. There's help for young people, including a kickstart scheme that will pay firms to hire 16 to 24-year-olds. The headlines, though, go to a VAT cut for hospitality and tourism, down from 20 to 5%, a temporary reduction of Stamp duty, no charge on transactions below £500,000. And the one everyone's talking about, up to £10 per head off at restaurants, cafes and pubs. That last one was a surprise. The Chancellor clearly relished delivering it. But our editorial column's warning, it's the unpredictable that could derail all of Mr Sunak's work. There's one thing you need to know about the Chancellor's big moment today. It's not really a big moment. Don't blame Rishi Sunak for that. 
He's been working flat out for weeks with his officials as they battle to stop unemployment soaring and the economy crashing. But in a month's time, even MPs will struggle to remember half of what he has just announced. The big things from the government are already happening. Now we need confidence in the real economy. It's the things which Mr Sunak can't control. Maybe a second wave of coronavirus in Britain, worsening US-China relations, an EU trade deal or the rapid success of a vaccine which will do most to shape what happens next. It's right to have a plan for jobs, but Mr Sunak knows it will take more than that. Joining me now are the Evening Standard City correspondent Mark Shapland and homes and property journalist Prudence Ivy. Mark, starting with you, this discount at restaurants is getting people excited. I'd expect the hospitality sector's pretty pleased with that one. Yeah, it's an excellent idea and it's definitely a boost for restaurant chains, uh, restaurants such as Nando's, Pizza Express, in that mid-tier where people usually spend maybe 30 to 60 pounds and take their family. And the hospitality and tourism industries are going to be cheering this VAT card, aren't they? That's a big cut from 20 to 5%, isn't it? Yeah, and it came as a bit of a surprise, actually, because the government's not raising too much tax at the moment. Traditionally, the government gets tax from corporations and individuals. But obviously a lot of individuals have been furloughed at the moment while corporations are also not making much profit. So it is a surprise that he went for VAT, but it definitely will be a boost. Prudence, the Chancellor is clearly trying to get people out of their houses. Do you think he's done enough to get people buying houses? Well, it's an interesting one because obviously for first-time buyers, they, this hasn't done much to help them with their deposit. And one of the big things, particularly in London, is the deposit. And we've lost high loan-to-value mortgages from the market at the moment. So you're looking at needing to stamp up a 20% deposit. So for the sake of argument, on a £400,000 property, that's £80,000 you need to find. Um, so even a saving of what would have been £5,000 previously, uh, stamp duty on that property, that's not going to help you between £20,000, which would have been your 5% deposit, and £80,000, which will be your 20% deposit. There's also a question about whether or not it will push up house prices, um, whether sellers are going to be thinking, okay, well, people have got an extra £15,000 to spend. Maybe I could put that on my house price. And it also, for first-time buyers, again, removes the advantage they previously had where they weren't paying any stamp duty up to £300,000. It's now levelled it out so that they're now competing with investors and second home buyers as well, all of whom will have the same minimum threshold of £500,000. But Prudence, is there a market there at all for people ready to buy? So before coronavirus hit, we were experiencing the Boris bounce in the property market so-called and so we do have a lot of people who were looking to buy who were ready to buy who had all their ducks in a row for spring so if they still have jobs they still have their deposit they're still raring to go then yes there is a market there and people over lockdown will have been experiencing their homes differently and a lot of people evidence does seem to suggest are looking to change their their lives and their lifestyles somewhat so there is a potential market there 
Mark, of course, all of this will be for naught if people don't have the confidence to spend. And for that, they need to know that they're going to have a job. And that's something that the Chancellor tried to address today, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think he's made a big statement today, actually. He's offered firms a thousand pounds to keep furloughed workers on. That's a thousand pounds each um, if they keep them on for three months. The policy, if it were taken up by every company for every worker, which obviously won't happen, but if that does happen, the policy will cost nine billion pounds. That's a lot of money, Mark. Do we know what the total bill will be for the Chancellor's measures today? So the total cost of all the measures is 30 billion, which if you put on top of the furlough scheme, which I think the rough figure is 100 billion, then all the government bailouts so far, uh, the number is, is getting very high. And where is all that money coming from? Yeah, uh, it, it is hard to know. I mean, at some point, there may have to be tax rises somewhere else or the dreaded word austerity. Um, but it is important to remember also that some of the money is coming from the Bank of England and the markets. So it's not all coming straight out of the Treasury. Next. We've known about the problems in the UK's own garment industry for years. You know, it was back in 2015 that it was first exposed that workers were being paid way below minimum wage. Writer Lauren Bravo, should we be thinking more about where we get our clothes as Boohoo dumps suppliers accused of mistreating staff? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Shocked and appalled to find one of its suppliers may have been paying staff less than minimum wage and making them work during lockdown in an allegedly unsafe environment, Boohoo says it's dumped the company and launched an independent review into its entire supply chain. But Boohoo itself has been dropped by ASOS and Next, and its share price plummeted 30% earlier. Is this a reckoning for the fashion industry? I'm joined by the writer Lauren Bravo, whose book How to Break Up with Fast Fashion looks at some of the practices in the industry. Lauren, is Boohoo the only one doing this kind of thing? Absolutely not. I mean, the heat is on Boohoo very much at the moment. I think partly because people find it easier to be outraged by things like this happening on their own doorstep. So um, Boohoo accounts for about 80% of production in Leicester. um, And with the kind of revelations that 
you know, garment workers in the UK are being paid as little as £3 an hour and forced to go to work in all kinds of unsafe conditions. I think people have been particularly shocked. But actually, of course, we've known for years that so many fashion brands, fast fashion brands, more expensive brands, designer brands even, are guilty of the same kinds of exploitation or worse. Um, but I think it's easier for us to almost... I suppose, offshore our guilt a little bit because we imagine that happens in countries far away and we have nothing to do with it and it's easier to pass the blame. Is it interesting looking at how quickly other places in the industry reacted, like ASOS and Next, who have dumped Boohoo? I think it is. I think to me it smacks a little bit of... um, almost, you know, dobbing in your friend at school because you want to avoid detention. I think it's, it's... the right decision, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I, I think that they've done the right thing, but I think it's so important that this has to be a jumping off point for those brands to examine their own culpability, um, to, you know, improve their own efforts rather than just sort of basking in the glow of a good PR exercise. And I also think that we say that they've, they've been quick to act. But of course, we've known about the problems in the UK's own garment industry for years. You know, it was back in 2015 that it was first exposed that workers were being paid way below minimum wage. Um, There have been several other investigations in the years since. And yet ASOS and Next were still stocking Boohoo until yesterday. Lockdown's pretty much over for retailers. The stores are open. People have left their houses for the first time in months trying to get a new wardrobe for this new world that we live in. But do we have to hit the high streets, Lauren? Look, I never want to tell people that they're not allowed to do something because I think as soon as you do that, it just makes the appeal all the greater. You know, you want to go and shop more. And as a fashion lover, I completely understand that urge to sort of um, get back to normality and celebrate with a new outfit. But I think that after everything we've lived through over the last few months, it's even more important now than it ever was to think about the wider ramifications of our decisions and to us it might just be a cheap t-shirt as a pick-me-up on the high street but to somebody else you know that is exploitation that is their livelihood that is something they are being forced to work long hours for for not enough money and really i think we should question whether we do need to shop as a way of celebrating you know, the easing of lockdown. Have we not learned over the last few months that there are other ways that we can find a little bit of joy? Um, And perhaps we've got wardrobe stuff full of clothes we bought before the pandemic that could do with an outing. So I would urge people to think a little bit more carefully about the brands that they're supporting. But hey, there are some brilliant small independent sustainable brands that you can buy clothes from instead. Um, Charity shops certainly are going to really need our business because they've lost out on some vital funds over the last few months. So I would say there are lots of other ways of getting that fashion fix before you race back to the high street. You've obviously written the book on this, Lauren, which only came out recently. But in the time that it has come out, have you seen or felt that the conversation has changed at all? Are people thinking more about these issues when they're considering what they're going to buy? Absolutely. Um, It's been really heartening, even just this year, in seeing how the conversation has has really sort of amped up. And um, I'm really pleased at the moment that we're talking about the garment workers particularly, because All too often, um, we are guilty, I think, of focusing so much on the environmental implications of fast fashion, if we're talking about it at all, that we forget about the people. And of course, the truth is that every one of those great environmental side effects has a huge implication for the communities living in those areas. And 
we can't have one without the other. We can't talk about environment without talking about the people. And, you know, garment workers have for far too long now really paid the price for our fashion habits. And I think that it's time for us to wake up and change that. And that's The Leader. There's more analysis on the Chancellor's announcement on our website at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.